the Fantasy Six-Pack Hour. With your hosts, Joe Bob. Ah, you're awful. And A.J. Applegar. Sin Shu Chu. It's a mouthful. All right, all right. Welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net. With me as usual, Mr. AJ Abergarth with the uh, upgraded background for the new for the new office. I like it, man. Yeah, it's it's getting there. Uh, it was a work in progress, <laughs> but uh, better than just a blank wall and a picture that was hung way too high. So um, yeah, looking uh, looking good. Yeah, it's looking pretty solid, man. I, uh, I I do like it. So um, anyway, for the show tonight, we are going to be doing our AFC East preview. Still doing more of the uh, still doing you know rolling forward here with all the football talk. And um, I guess without further ado, let's let's just bring in our guest, man. Um, so we got Mr. Howard Bender himself from Fantasy Alarm, Director of Operations um, over there. How's it going tonight, man? It's going pretty well. Hanging out. Thanks for having me back. Uh, you know, I think I, I last time I was on your show, I, I was recommending Jordan Howard as a sleeper pick. So I appreciate you bringing me back here to see <laughs> some more crap, I guess. <laughs> That's we forgot that one, just like everybody else that was in Jordan Howard's camp. So it's okay. It's okay. We all uh, yeah. we all make bold calls, and sometimes they don't pan out. So yeah, it's uh, it's okay. But believe me, we, we were we were all wrong as we were just talking beforehand. I was a, a big Hayden Hurst fan last year. Yikes! Um, that didn't work out so yes. well. So so much for waiting on the tight ends and passing on those top three or four last year. Uh, that that didn't work out for me. Um, so. I feel like I'm not going to do that again this year. I'm going to try to go after one of those guys. It's just hard. I think know, everybody else is trying to. Yeah, I think anybody, Every, anybody who did that, who's, who did the whole waiting on tight ends, oh, yeah, 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 I'm fine. I can sit and wait, um, is is now ready to jump at Travis Kelsey. It doesn't matter what the format is either, right? Yeah. You can be like playing with a, you know, a, a tight end half point and everybody else's <laughs> point, and you're still going after Travis Kelsey. I mean, he's just, you know, he's going to get the work. He's gonna get the work. You might so as well good. just do it. He's so good. Um, yeah. So, all right, uh, guys. Before we continue on here, though, just want to remind everybody: you know, hit the subscribe button, that like button. You know, give us those reviews on those any site that you listen to us and watch us on. Uh, we appreciate the support. But before we move on, let's do our beer of the week. Mm, beer. All right, Howard, you are the guest of honor. So, uh, have at it, man. <laughs> what you got? <laughs> well, much to the chagrin of the rest of the world, ah. I like to pride myself on understanding that a good solid can of Budweiser is really where you want to be. It says it right here on the can. I don't know if you can read that. It's the king of beers, which means that every other beer, no matter whether it's a double barrel IPA or a, some sort of milk stout or uh, a trendy little sour. It's not the king of beers. So yes, I'll, uh, cheers, cheers to uh, to you boys for that, and uh, I'll just enjoy my Budweiser. 
is is them crowning themselves the king of beers like you know the coffee shop in in uh in in like a movie uh like saying hey we have the best coffee in the world world's finest world's coffee, coffee? Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah like i don't be. know it might be right you know like hey we're, we have the best like you can walk by restaurants like we have the best wings like do you Right? Who, was it? Who, who said? Elf, right? Who he's said? Like, he's like, taste it. She's like, well, it tastes like a crappy cup of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> like Elf, exactly what I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's good time. Anything that has like best uh, of excellence or, you know, majestic, something along those lines, no. Go away. Just I'll drink you're anything better, that's labeled as off. majestic. That's, I know, right? That might be well, different. Sorry, I, might, I might get into right, that. We'll, we'll give majestic a, a pass <laughs> on this one. Um, but you know, again, world's best. What, whatever. Um, just, it's All right, just, AJ. It's bad. it's bad. All right. So, uh, being being as we're in um, the the season of of giving for Scott Fishbowl and all of that, uh, I. And the fact that we're doing the AFC East, I figured it would be fitting to get not only a New England style IPA, but this one is, uh, you know, break break your tissues out here. This one is called Dina's Defiance, and it is about uh, a woman who was diagnosed with brain cancer, but remains strong, resilient, and spirited for her kids, husband, family, and loved ones. This is a Maryland beer community collaboration um, supporting her throughout her her battle here. Um, and then it's got a little QR code for donating. So, I mean, as soon as I saw it, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm getting this for just the simple fact that this is going to help somebody that needs it more than I need beer. But it's a win-win. Um, yeah, lots of good breweries on here from... From Maryland, you got Crooked Crab, you got uh, True Respite, a uh, handful of others. So, Dino, we wish you well, and uh, I will drink and enjoy. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, don't, don't I feel like crap now, right? I, <laughs> I know, right? How's your king huh? of beers now? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Just, wow. Just kidding out. How it's going to click. Bye, guys. Yeah. <laughs> If it wasn't for the pie bet last year, guys, I would would take offense. But you know I'm a terrible dude. Speaking of pie bets, well, Joe, go ahead and and do your – So uh, this is – I think it's pronounced Levante Brewing Company. It's one of the ones you gave me. It's Extra Tickle Parts uh, DDH IPA. Um, I only give this one a three and three three quarters on untapped. It's just – I mean, the double dry hop, you can definitely tell it's like – yeah, it's got that that bite where it's, it's very dry, um, and so I think uh, if I could find like I think they have a normal version of it, um, I'd be yeah. interested to see Simple how that parts. one how that one tastes. Um, see Not as much like, tickling. Got a little more flavor. Yeah. <laughs> Not so much tickle. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going there, but you did. Okay. Um, hey, you you opened the door by saying I'm the one that brought you the beer, so I figured I might as well slam it shut with the rest of the uh, conversation. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. So anyway, it, it's solid, uh, you know, but nothing, nothing like, a, you know, not as good as some of the ones I've had on the show before, but it's solid. Cheers, guys. So, cheers. Cheers. So speaking of, of pie bets, um, I was listening in last week to the snookered pie bet you got 
uh, you know, snookered into, I guess we'll just go ahead and say. Dude, right? I got, I got ambushed. I, I mean, that, I feel like that, I got was, that was some crazy, crazy thing. Like, yeah, we're going to bring this color on and boom. Okay, well, we're going to bet you this and, and you have to do this. Like, well, okay, that came out of nowhere. Right. Well, so, the, the funny thing about it was like, you know, then he used his kid against me, right? Like, you know, oh, they, yeah. they it's, a du- it's a double whammy. They they took part in the pie bet last year, you know, and and uh, and it was you know it was funny stuff, and they you know shot some some funny videos because they got pied like more than you know more than once. But you know, like if it was just Mike from Long Island calling me up and saying, you know, why you know why are you going up against the Islanders? But no, he was like, here's my kid. I'm gonna put my kid on the phone. Yeah. Who's gonna ask you why you hate his favorite hockey team <laughs> when you go when you both come from the same state? Yeah. And then we're going to challenge you to a pie bet because you're siding with Boston right now. And, um, yeah, dude, I took a Boston cream pie to the face. Oh, that's a messy one. It's it's a messy <laughs> one. It's not fun. I couldn't eat any because, uh, you know, I got to go on a diet and lose some weight before fish tour so I'm not some big fat blob trying to dance. Um, and so I didn't get to eat any of it. I got smashed in the face with it. <sighs> Um, my wife, of course, you know, it was like, it's like the time of her life. You listen to any video where she's pieing me in the face. It's like that giggle afterwards. Such a good time. My wife and my mother-in-law both just lost it when I, when I got mine last I, year and it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> every, everyone that I saw of you, Howard, of Ryan Hallam, from Fancy Alarm yeah. and you, AJ. The wives in the background are just, <laughs> it's just hilarious. It's like, that's just the best the, part of it. I even, I even said to my wife, I'm like, <laughs> you tell me what marriage, like, you know, <laughs> is out there that's better than what you got. You've gotten to pie. Because listen, you know, we obviously, we fight, we argue about stuff. I mean, that's just natural in a marriage. To think that on top of that, you get to pie me in the face. And now this has been like nine or ten times. This isn't yeah. like, you know, this isn't like once every five years. No, this has been like consolidated where you've gotten to do that. I mean, I don't think I don't think I have to give her a gift for an anniversary or birthday for the rest of her life <laughs> because she's gotten to do that. You show me one other wife who's gotten to, you know, make that happen for her. I'm ah, you got you might have that one in the bag, man. All, All right, well, well, let's go. Yeah. Let's let's talk AFC. <laughs> let's talk football here. And uh, I, I think I that's what people to, are here to watch. Who knows? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I like I said, I I caught that last week and thought it was it was awesome. So I had I had to bring it up as well. But thank you, thank you so uh, much. <laughs> thank you, Jay. That was great. Good times. <laughs> Uh, so now, right. now I'm a jerk because I'm drinking Budweiser, and now I'm not even I know, talking I'm, football I'm, on your I'm, podcast. I'm, I'm <laughs> you're, you're probably never going to come on the show again. So, I, Like the worst guest <laughs> ever. No, you're the best guest. <laughs> one of the best. I can't, I can't single all the other people out now. Then, then no one will come on the show. But. You know, way to go, AJ. Jeez, man. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to crawl under the desk and put this ass man thing out in front of me right for the rest now. of the, the show here. Um, I mean – could do that a lot of shows but that's cool all right um <laughs> way to go ass man so uh so yeah let's start off here so we, we just got some like general football related questions right not fantasy specific but you know the first one here you know it 
is is this division Buffalo's to lose in 2021? Are they still the cream of the crop, or or is Belichick going to pull some strings out of his hat, you know, some rabbits out of his hat here with New England, and they had all those signings this year? Or it could possibly Miami surprise, like and be a playoff contender. I, unfortunately, I don't think the Jets are are really there yet. Um, they got a few years to go, so I didn't ask that part of the question. But if you want to <laughs> surprise me, then go for it. <laughs> Um, I think this is definitely Buffalo's to lose. I mean, you think about it, you know, they, uh, they, they've still got a great, great offense. They've got that, that Singletary Zach Moss pair. Josh Allen took a, a great step forward in his development. Stefan Diggs. I mean, what a, what an amazing find, you know, to, to have him there. You know, you've got your role players, your Cole Beasley's, your Gabriel Davis's. They brought in Emmanuel Sanders. It'll help, you know, you know, with things. Um, a little bit over there, but I mean, you know, to me, yeah, Buffalo is just, it's a good solid offense. They, you know, the, the scheme works very well. They've got a great game plan. The defense is solid. So yeah, I don't have a, I don't have a problem with this being Buffalo's division, you know, Miami, could they challenge? I mean, it depends on, on what you think about Tua and his development, whether that's going to happen. The jets are uh, just a, just a hot mess. They're a joke. Um, no, they're not a joke. I mean, well, they are a joke, but they're they're <laughs> like in the rebuilding process. You said it, not me. It's good. You can't even take him seriously. I'm a diehard Jets fan. I I'm, know. <laughs> you know, it's like it's painful at times. But I mean, listen, you know, they're they're doing some of the right things right now. Um, and I like the coaching staff that's that's been brought in. Um <clears throat> was I sold on Zach Wilson? No, I wasn't sold on Zach Wilson. But I mean, listen, all all in good time. Joe Douglas did a good job, he had a plan. For the draft, they executed that plan, uh, and you know, for you know, better or worse, that's the that's the trajectory they're on. When it comes to New England, listen, I get it. You know, Belichick is the master, but he's trying now. He's, he's trying now to do it with uh, with like B level talent. Yeah, you know, Cam Newton's kind of done. You know, I mean, listen, he's he'll he'll run some touchdowns in again, and that's where he's going to get like fantasy value. But from a reality standpoint. This is not the guy that you're putting the, the, your trust in to march you down the field, you know, 93 yards, you know, on, on a game-winning touchdown drive that's needed. Like, that doesn't happen. You don't have an elite tight end. You've got Hunter Henry, who's great, John U. Smith, who's great. Is that going to be – Is that, are those guys at that level, of, say, Gronk and Aaron Hernandez were? Um, no, I don't think so. But I, I, I don't mind them. The receivers – I mean, you don't get more B level than you know. I mean, Kendrick Bourne uh, is is your big free agent signing there. Nelson Aguilar. Yeah. So, you know, I, I just <laughs> I like the fact that what New England likes to do is, you know, make all their offensive weapons interchangeable, so you don't know where the ball is going. That's just that's Belichick's thing, and that's fine. But you know, there's a big difference between doing it with Gronk and and Edelman than there is doing it with Hunter Henry and Kendrick Bourne. Uh, and it's Cam Newton versus Tom Brady. So, you know, to me, it's just, it's, it's just not enough talent to do it. And it's not like Mac Jones is going to suddenly turn into, you know, Tom Brady, you know, by the end of this season, or if they, if they ever decide to, to utilize him this year. So definitely got to hand it to Buffalo. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't think you said everything I could even possibly thought of to say. So uh, uh, I think uh, we got one more kind of overall arching question here. And yeah, just, uh, 
I, I threw this one in, uh, obviously knowing you're a Jets fan and uh, wanted to just throw it out there and get, get your opinion on it. So, you know, the Jets seem like they have a, a youth movement going on here that, I mean, just looking through their roster, holy crap. I mean, there's barely anybody above 30 on it. Um, they had 10 picks this year in the draft. They used the first four picks technically on the offensive side of the ball, three of which went to skill positions. You know, now that crazy eyes Gase is finally gone, I mean, what do you think we can finally <laughs> honestly expect? Exactly. Over here, Howard. Yes. <laughs> Questions this way. I'm following the animated talk. <laughs> yeah. Right now, right? yeah. Uh, so, so what do you think we could expect out of these guys? You know, the, for the youngsters, um, you know, for this year and, and really beyond because this to me is more of like a dynasty built roster. It, it is. You're, you're, you're a thousand percent right. And listen, I think that Joe Douglas had a plan in the draft and he, and he did it properly. You, you yeah. know, you take that first quarterback. I would have preferred Justin Fields. I'm not going to lie. That's, that's it. I would have preferred Justin Fields. Uh, Cause I think he projects better as a long-term NFL quarterback than Zach Wilson does. I mean, listen, Wilson definitely has his, uh, his merits, but I mean, you know, you want to talk about the conference that he played in, the fact that he likes chucking that hero ball. You know, everybody's going absolutely bonkers about Zach Wilson on his pro day with that, oh, he's look at that, he's rolling out left and he's throwing right, and he and he was accurate with it. Nobody was chasing him. He wasn't wearing pads. There was nobody covering the wide receiver who was running out there. So why are we getting so so pumped up and excited about this? This is this is definite rebuild. Um so I will put my fandom behind Zach Wilson and really hope that he does get developed into being a, an intelligent starting quarterback in the NFL. He doesn't need to be the the cream of the crop, the elite. We've seen teams win without that. Just be decent enough, you know? Be like, you know, give me a, a Kirk Cousins type of floor, right? If you can give me yeah. what Kirk Cousins okay. does, then, then the rest is – kind of serviceable really so you know the the thing that i had the issue with for them during the draft was they didn't have a second round pick because of of of, you know their their moves so when it came down to the third round or no, no no i mean they didn't have a third round pick so when it came down to the second round pick you know my feeling about it was they should have gone after javante williams right i i think he is uh, peak, you know, he's he's prepped to blossom into a three three down back, every down back. I just, I'm I'm a huge huge fan uh, of him. Um, could he stand to improve some pass catching? Yes, fine. But they opted to go with Elijah Moore, and you know, and and hope for some other running back depth later on in the draft, as opposed to depth at the wide receiver position. They were they were more concerned about. Uh, the lack of depth at the wide receiver position in round four than they were running back. And so they opted for Elijah Moore, Michael Carter, uh, instead of going Javonta Williams. And they could have gone, I think it was like Amon St. You know, Amon St. Brown or something mm. like that was probably yeah. that fourth round wide receiver that they could have taken. So, yeah, I mean, that was, you know, that was the, 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 the only issue that I had with it, you know, but I mean, I, you know, listen, I think that, You've got some weapons there. I mean, it's again, it's it's Salah coaching, head coaching for the first time. 
We'll see what happens. I, I, I think they're in a they're in a, a direction where they can move forward with this team and just kind of rebuild. But I mean, from a, a win standpoint, maybe they're a four win team, five win team overall. Um, and, I, and I'm okay with that as a Jets fan if they just continue to move in the right direction. Yeah, yeah I, I'll say this about the the Michael Carter and Javante Williams like swap there basically like I'll say this like man if if Javante Williams hadn't just like absolutely dominated like he did at UNC Michael Cole, we'd be talking about Michael Carter in that same stance right now I think he's that good um he's a little bit smaller statue and I think that that hurts him as well uh but the kid is good I mean I watch a lot of ACC games because I'm a Virginia Tech fan um so I get you know that exposure to him and he like when Javante Williams was on the field Michael Carter was almost just as good uh, so like I think you guys are fine with him, honestly. Um, it's just it's just a crowded backfield, honestly. So like we'll get to that later when we talk about the Jets and and the running back positions. But it's a it's a crowded backfield, so it will be very interesting to see kind of who just takes over or hopefully can take over for fantasy's sake, right? Well, we hope that it's Michael Carter, right? Yeah. I, mean, I mean, you guys, I mean, Tevin Coleman. What's worse, Tevin Coleman or my choice in beer? <laughs> <laughs> I would rather drink Budweiser yeah. than own Tevin Coleman. Probably. And I, I actually like Budweiser as, as much as uh, <laughs> Tevin Coleman. I just – I don't. I, Nobody does. He'll get hurt by week three. <laughs> so yeah, Pretty much. I'll take the under. <laughs> yeah. Take the under. <laughs> Preseason? Uh, <laughs> who knows? All right. Well, let's jump in here to the positions. And uh, we're using the current ADP that you can pull off Fantasy Pros, which is a, a you know a consensus ADP across multiple sites here. And obviously, we've got Josh Allen, QB2. we got Tua at QB21, Cam at 28, Zach Wilson at 29, and Mac Jones at 36. So really a whole lot of nothing outside of Josh Allen. I mean, two QB leagues, maybe some super flex. When, if you're looking at Tua and maybe a cam or, you know, throwing a dart at Mac Jones, who knows? Uh, but it, this is, this is Josh Allen's world. And that's where our first, first question goes. And we're looking at, you know, look, he had an amazing 2020, um, you know, the, the efficiency numbers were off the charts. See the touchdown, Stefan Diggs coming in and just he like everything just was working for him last year. You know, you gotta wonder when you see seasons like that, you know, do is that kind of the peak Josh Allen we're ever gonna see? Or is there more to come? Or is this just what we can expect from him, maybe? See, that's that's the thing. You know, when you when you see a career year like that and your question is is you know, is he going to be on this upward trajectory where he's going to keep doing more and more? Or, you know, can he plateau? You know, I mean, do you think he's going to, you know, like drop like a stone? No, I don't think he's going to suddenly wake up and say, I suck at football now and, and <laughs> you know, can't do it. What I, I think that he can plateau at that level. I think, you know, a lot of what we're going to see with, with Buffalo this year, a lot's going to hinge on the uh, on the play calling, I think. They need to just mix it up a little bit more, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. You I know, agree. get get Singletary and Moss a little bit more involved. You don't need to gunsling if you don't have to. You know, keep establishing the run and, and don't just dismiss, you know, your, your backfield there because Josh Allen is such a good passer because defenses are going to start to scheme that way and mm-hmm. the pass rush is going to come 
from different angles that way. And, and defenses are going to try and disguise themselves with that. So, you know, I think it's, I, I think if the play calling stays current and, and the team just continues with their plan, I think Josh Allen can plateau where he is. I mean, listen, you know what? There's, there's an extra game this year. So his stats could definitely be higher. Of course. No doubt about it. <laughs> of course. Right. But I mean, if you're talking about like, let's say you take last year's numbers and you project for a, a 17 game season, can he hit that tally? I think he can. Um, I, you know, maybe there's a little bit of pullback as defenses scheme more towards him. But I mean, we said it. The, the weaponry hasn't changed at all, so there's still there's immense talent there, and he is a year wiser. Buffalo could very well have been in the Super Bowl last year. You know, with the way everything went. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we got a question here. Gabriel Davis or Manny Sanders? And it's one we were possibly getting to later, but, uh, you know, quick, quick reaction here on it. You know, where where you where you head, Howard? Um, for me, I've got to go with uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they, they brought, signed him to be that, you know, number two wide receiver, help move the chains, um, to be reliable, health always an issue for Emmanuel Sanders, but he is a clean route runner. He does have decent hands. Gabriel Davis is great. They like to utilize him more as the deep threat. They let the yep. play action develop. Um, and I think, you know, Davis, they, they play a little bit different of a game, but I think that, you know, if push came to shove in a PPR format, if I had to take one over the other, you give me Sanders even as the new guy. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on that. Gabriel Davis is your deep threat guy, and you know he's more of a DFS play for me. You know, off and on throughout the season, he's not somebody I want to rely on all year long for me. He's, the consistency is just not going to be there. Right, I agree. All right, so, all right. so moving into the uh, next question here. Thank you for the uh, the question there. Um, what should we expect, both floor and ceiling, from Tua? As he enters 2021, I mean, this is now going to be his fully first. Put my glasses on to see the reaction on this one. Yeah, first (laughs) fully healthy season. Uh, He's had a full off season, or will have had a full off season of training, OTAs, preseason games, things he did not have at all last year. Um, There's not really a QB controversy now that he's dealing with no beard, Um, and he's got some sign, uh, you know, shiny new wide receiver weapons in, in Fuller and uh, Jalen Waddle. So what are you, uh, what do you like about Tua? Not a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, fair but enough. But... I, I guess I can kind of turn this question around on you and ask you, what did you like about what you saw in Tua last year? Cause to me, I saw a lot of inexperience. Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of panic at times. I saw a lot of mistakes and, you know, I did not see a lot of, you know, a lot of improvement on things that he knew he needed to improve on. So I, I just I, I don't see, you know, a whole lot. You know, it, 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 it's tough for these kids to come into the NFL when they come from these like amazing programs where they've had the best offensive line and they have the most elite weapons. And then they, you know, then they, they get drafted. They come in to Miami, and the offensive line is average. The NFL game is a lot faster. 
players are hitting you harder. The pass rush kind of freaks you out a little bit. At least that's what I saw. You remember it was like that game that he was like he was running up the sidelines, and uh, and I don't know if he was like trying to lateral it or just throw it out of bounds before he got hit or whatever. But I was just like, wow, like yeah, maybe it was a maybe somebody tried, you know, maybe somebody punched the ball and he was fumbling it out of bounds. Either way. You know, you just you looked at his face, and it was like, oh, and I worry that that Tua's development really isn't going to happen. So I worry about the value. You know, yeah, Will Fuller he stretches the field deep. Can Tua throw it deep? Yeah, sure. Is Tua going to have enough time and enough wherewithal to just stay with it and let Will Fuller run his route? Like that's you know the the part I question. So. I'm I'm actually I'm I'm really I'm out on uh, on all things not Miles Gaskin, really when it comes to uh, to Miami. Maybe he surprises me, um, but you know I'm not going to really take that chance. I don't really I see him being a guy who needs even more seasoning uh, than what he's had. Yeah, my only take on Tua here, and, and it's you know it's a dart throw. Like if you if you want to wait on quarterback. Um, he, he's, he's for sure a dart throw. The the one thing that just keeps playing in my head is that, look, you know, he came off that horrific hip injury and he had ankle injuries on top of it. Uh, so And he had a COVID offseason. He, you know, a whole lot of things didn't play in his favor. So now he's coming in. He's got a healthy offseason. You know, he's still dealing with a little bit of a COVID offseason, but hopefully it's a lot more normal than, you know, it was last year. And... He does have more weapons on the offense. So there's a lot of positive things that can go his way to where, like, if just a couple of those land, it's like (laughs) it's going to help him tremendously. And he can fall into, I think, at least that, like, streamer category quarterback uh, territory where, you know, maybe you don't want to rely on him as, like, your QB1. I don't think he's that territory yet. But I think he could fall into that, you know, mid-range QB2 territory uh, most weeks and to where – there's a lot of people that play that game, uh, and or even if he's like your backup and you play him, you know, because a lot of people are taking two QBs now because they're just you can just pick and choose which one you want any week. He could be that that quarterback um, from time to time, like you know. I just I just think that he, you could take a dart throw on him, and uh, you know, look if it doesn't work out, you drop him in week two. You know, like whatever. There's right. going to be somebody out there. You know, if you want to take the chance that he's 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 the guy we saw at Alabama, then then I think you could do a lot worse. So so by time and time, you, you basically are saying week one if you're already dropping him in week two because that just wasn't his time. <laughs> I mean, he got you there, Joe. I mean, sure. right? Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I have more confidence. I'll take Sam Darnold as my second quarterback in any league, and I, I've got more Sam Darnold ooh. pegged like you've got Tua pegged as a possible QB two and a guy you could stream from time to time. I, I don't think Tua is as good as Sam Darnold. Hmm. I I will uh, uh, let me let me reflect a bit back on your your flip flipping the script back to me, and I I agree. I think you know the what I saw into a was basically Jalen hurts. Um, he had someone else in front of him. He had to wait his turn. And in, in Tua's case, the beard was better. He was the better person in front of him than, than, uh, 
Wentz. And that doesn't really hurt me to say, because I was never a big Wentz guy, um, BDN for life. But uh, yeah, I just think that the, the inexperience is there and, and he had all those other factors that hurt him too, but he wasn't the only, you know, person dealing with that. He was the only rookie that had no camps, no, no OTAs, no, right. uh, you know, practice uh, other than just reading a playbook and figuring out what it was uh, once week one came around. So I don't think I'm looking at him. And I mean, I was, I was shocked at all the people, especially in dynasty leagues that were just jumping on him in the top five picks of a, of a dynasty draft and, you know, or rookie draft for dynasty. And I mean, startup league. Okay. Maybe, but I don't know. I'm, I need to see a little bit more and, I need to see a lot more. Yeah, I just think <laughs> when you're coming from Alabama, you know, it, it it's a great program. I can't take anything away from that. I'm not a Bama fan by any means, but it's it's a great college football program. It's tailored to that system. It's it's like the Patriots of college. So, you know, whatever. It, it's it's not exciting to me. I got a little more belief than you fellows, but um We'll see. It, I mean, again, it's not. I'm not. I'm not really. He's not going to be my quarterback on any of my teams because I'm going to guard to one a little earlier than that. But uh, you know, <laughs> I I can see totally waiting and just, just taking just taking you know two mid round, you know late, mid to late round guys and just figuring out which one will work for you. But um, last question here for quarterbacks is. What's the over-under on how many games it takes the Patriots to flip the script of Mac Jones? Um, When is their bye week? <laughs> uh, good question. Right? Um, yeah, I don't I know. Feel like I feel like they'll stay with, with Cam, even if they're playing 500 ball. Like, I mean, if they go 0-6, which will never happen to the Patriots – then I yeah, can see figure out a way. Awesome. I think. I think. I, think <laughs> I just woke up if that happened. Oh, they have a week Wait fourteen bye. I thought it was a late one. I thought it was a late one. All week right. 14. Well, yeah. I so mean, I don't think it's lasting that long. You know, I mean, it's so funny, right? Because you look at Justin Fields and you're like, oh, okay, week four, Detroit. There's no doubt that that's when Andy Dalton stops being the starting QB. But yeah, you can't. I don't necessarily know if you if you wait till week fourteen. Um. Uh, I'll set the over under at week. Uh, I'll set it at week eight. All right. So you think they're going like three and five the first th- first eight weeks, feeling four maybe. Well, we and start just seeing like... maybe we see you know him like mixed in or something like that. Maybe all of a sudden like you know Cam gets a knee injury or something. And, <laughs> you know, all of a sudden we have to like you know utilize Mac Jones for the first game and. Mac, you know, and it's like against some tomato can team like the Jets, right? So then all of a sudden, then he gets his first win of the season. And they're like, well, you know, maybe we just continue with Mac Jones. And if he, like, totally crashes and burns in the second game, then they, maybe they, like, think about Cam again. But, <laughs> yeah, I think it's it, it's a matter of when they play the Jets on the schedule. The first time or the second time, 
They play the week, Jets. Week three. Like, yeah, <laughs> week uh, two, week, actually. It's week, week two. two and week seven. And then they All get right, the so, Saints, the Bucks, and the Texans. Could be the Texans week week. Uh, what is that, five? Week five? Yeah, but I think that might still be early, too. The Texans are bad enough to for Cam to beat them as well. <laughs> yeah. And then they get him in week seven. So you're looking at week seven. <laughs> All right. So there you go. What did I say? Yeah. I said week eight. eight, Take, eight the so. Take the under. Take the under. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right, let's move on here to the running backs. And, uh, you know, a lot longer ADP list here, but we'll just rip through it here. So not a lot of top-tier top running backs here, but Miles Gaskin leads the way with RB22. Damian Harris is RB31. Zach Moss is 36. Michael Carter, 38. Devin Singletary, 40. James White, 52. Tevin Coleman, 54. Sonny Michelle, 55. And Savon, Savon Ahmed at 59. Again, not not a lot of not a lot of top end talent here as we're seeing. I, you know, you kind of already I talked about Gaskins. To reach deep, deep down the line to be like, uh, oh, there's one. Yeah, I know. It's uh, like, the, oh, there's another one. <laughs> give me the uh, give me the Zach Moss, Michael Carter range, and I won't talk about the rest of the running backs there. Those okay. are the two guys who I'll target in drafts. Yeah, um, because you know Zach Moss's role, and maybe even that increases a little bit more. This year, now that he's you know gotten some some more time with this offense, and then Michael Carter, you just I mean what? I mean you, we you, already you, said it, yeah. Michael Carter is probably the guy there. At least right? you gotta so hope. Those two I guys mean, right there. That's that's your range in this division. Yeah. So well, so real quick here on on the Patriots, right? You know, so Damian Harris was was the guy last year that you wanted to own in this Patriots backfield, which. We Did can't you? say a lot. I mean, if you had to, <laughs> no, but like, can he take another step? New can he take back. another step forward and even be more? Like, I mean, Sonny Michelle was seen to be kind of forgotten most weeks. James White's just losing it, not a fit with Cam. I mean, so is Damian Harris like kind of undervalued at RB thirty one even, or is it just no. still too much for you? I mean, it's just it's Patriots running backs. When was the last time that you were actually recommending? That somebody start a Patriots running back, uh, you know, in their in their ten team league. I mean, it was it's just it's not it's not going to happen. Now no you throw Ramondre Stevenson. <laughs> no idea, <laughs> right? You throw Ramondre Ramondre Stevenson into the mix as yeah, well. Yeah, that's true. It's, I mean, it's this is sort of a mess. Again, this is Belichick. This is what Belichick does, and this is what he's he's groomed McDaniel's to do as well. It's yeah. a system. Doesn't matter who the running back is, who the wide receiver is, who the tight end is. This is how we scheme it, and every and the ball can go anywhere. And you know, and that's it. They don't want to be, you know, at a spot where it's like, oh, James White's on the field, so it's going to be a pass play. Uh, Sony Michelle's going to be on the field. They're going to take it between the tackles right now. So, you know, when you have all of these guys in there, I mean, what's Damian Harris's role really going to be? Can you say that he's going to be? You know, maybe he leads the team and carries, but is this is the differential going to be significant enough where you feel good about even in a bye week starting Damian Harris? I mean, unless it's like against a team that's given up, a, you know, 250 yards on the ground, you know, in like five consecutive games. But then, of course, then that's when Belichick's like, we <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just kidding it's gonna be this guy's turn this week <laughs> Dude, but Belichick. he can't do that with cam so it doesn't matter Belichick he'll find his... a way he'll find yeah. a way <laughs> him with his running backs game to game is like the the 
Geico commercial, I think, with the old man and the little fishing rod and the dollar. Like, oh, oh, come on, get it. Yeah, right. You almost got it. You almost got it. The last time that anybody recommended a running back from them was probably the week after Jonas Gray blew up. Oh, my uh, gosh. And had four touchdowns. And then everybody was like, Jonas Gray's a man. The next week. Everybody who recommended him was like, Yeah, that's the that's the first and only time I will ever do this. I I was Um, I was really drunk last week when I said that. Sorry, no, it's just ignore me. (laughs) (laughs) You you shouldn't have listened to that pod. No, my bad. My bad. Uh, you know, we we got uh, Davis on here with uh, LeGarrette Blunt, and then you got Corey Dillon was Corey okay. Dillon was probably yeah, the last. Yeah, maybe you know, Corey Dillon. That's a good one. That's a good one. To me, running back that they had. And then before yeah. that, it was probably uh, Robert Ben, ben Coates season? was probably still on the team at tight end. Uh, so <laughs> Ben Coates. I mean, Man. that's – that's about it. I don't know. I mean, we're gonna like go back to super super Tecmo Bowl time with our with our music intro before we you know, and even yeah. then he didn't want to start any of them because they weren't any good. Well, yeah, <laughs> like, damn it, somebody took the Raiders. Son of a bitch, I'm not playing. <laughs> the Raiders and the Bills. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I, I think I would rather have, uh, and even now today, Thurman Thomas at his current state, or back then Thurman Thomas with like a broken leg. It's just, Alrighty. it's basically the same thing. Still better than Patriots. So everything's better than trying to choose a Patriots. Back. It, yeah. So we kind of, we already kind of touched on, uh, on the other two questions here uh, a little bit. Um, uh, da, 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 we've got, you know, Michael Carter was, was the next one here. I mean, who do you trust? Obviously not Tevin Coleman um, and, and Carter over him, but, who do you trust in this backfield to, to really get the majority of the workload? You know, you do still have uh, LaMichael P. Ryan there, but it sounds yeah, like was a, he was a thing last year. Like, you know? Know? <laughs> he, he was a thing for like five minutes last year. Like that's, you know, I yes. mean, listen, I'll, I'll say this, the, 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 the jets are going to try and rotate in their backs. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's, that's the offense that, that Robert Sala wants. Um, who is it? Is it Mark LaFleur, Matt LaFleur? Uh, Matt. Guy LaFleur? Yeah, right? exactly. That's one for you old hockey fans out there. <laughs> I remember Guy. Um, so LaFleur, you know, I mean, LaFleur is going to want to try and rotate the backs in. So you'll see the splash of Tevin Coleman, and you'll see um, them try and, like, mix and match and get LaMichael P. Ryan in there. I don't really know what P. Ryan's – pass catching and pass blocking skills are all about. I mean, that's that's really what it's going to end up being. I think the guy who shows the best pass blocking, um, you know, wherewithal in the uh, in, in, in this scheme is going to be the guy who could be on the field for the most time and take the most snaps. Whether or not that actually translates to touches, I don't know. I mean, I would have to, if I'm looking at this group, I would say Michael Carter's the guy. Like that's, I mean, you're just, you're waiting for Tevin Coleman to get hurt. Michael Carter will always be the pass catching back. He'll never be a, a full every down back, but once he starts gaining some trust with the, uh, with the coaching staff, I, I think he could be there, you know, for a little bit more than the, uh, the rest of them. I, I mean, like, again, from fantasy, it, Michael Carter, if I'm like, 
you know, looking for a depth back, you know, in the mid to late rounds, and maybe I'll I'll jump on that. But I'm not, you know. It's not a target for me. No, this is not a team I'm targeting to run it back in. But my only concern, and I said it a little bit earlier, is he's such a small stature guy. Like he's five eight, maybe five nine on a good day. Great, he's just about two hundred pounds. At least that's what ESPN's got him listed at. This is where I'm looking right now. Um, I'm sure you go somewhere else. It got us a little bit somewhere different, but he is a small back. Um, he's really shifty though. Like that's the that's the one thing. But I mean. I know you hate on Tevin Coleman, and like we all know the injury concerns there. But Tevin Coleman's shifty too, and he's already it'd be six one something. Like, so he's a bigger back. Maybe he can hold up a little more with that pass catching in, in, in or sorry, the pass protection. So I think that's something we're gonna have to really keep an eye on during, during, um, during preseason and OTAs and things like that. Like who's in there during what reps and things like but, that. But here's the we- thing, Joe, you've, you've seen Tevin Coleman for years, right? You watched him with the Falcons. You watched him with the, with the 49ers. Has Tevin Coleman ever blossomed into like more than, than at your average, barely average kind of running back. He's never been, you know, he's never taken that step forward. It doesn't matter. He was playing behind Devonta Freeman. He was playing alongside Devonta Freeman. There was just never anything really that you you liked about him. And sure, maybe he surprises people and, and stays healthy yeah. for, for this I year. Mean, but, I mean, are we really looking at, at Tevin Coleman as being like – I mean, how many years has he been in the league now, right? I mean, <laughs> too many. why are we suddenly – like yeah. thinking that he could do something. No, and I don't think many people are. And I think it's just he only has some relevancy and discussion around him because of the team he's on and the lack of talent in that running back group that that's there. Um, I think we all agree that you know Carter is the best one there, but it wouldn't surprise me to see a vet be able to out you know outdo a rookie who's small like that you know Coleman's been in the league for six years yeah it hasn't been great uh he's has he's had some games he's had some flashes um you know we all thought that when he went to San Fran it was gonna be like oh man but it just didn't work out because he got injured right away um so shocker it's just yeah I mean it's that's that's his history so I mean like I think if he can stay healthy I, I wouldn't be totally shocked if you know us talking about him at some point as being in somebody who is fantasy relevant at some point I mean, they looking at these, you know, these three guys, and then you also got Ty Johnson in the mix too. They're really oh. all. I, I don't know. He's in the mix, but for discipline, there's a reason um, why I didn't mention him. Yeah, <laughs> no, because he sucks. Um, <laughs> but being, I mean, being a Gators fan, I, I know a little bit more about P. Ryan, and he's the biggest one of the bunch as far as weight. Um, I think he's coming in around 216, you know, so he's a little bigger than Coleman. Coleman's got a couple inches on him, though. So they're, they're all within the same, you know, yeah. 510 to 6'1 range and like 200 some odd pounds soaking wet. They're, they just don't have a big bruising back there. So I think that's that's really what you need for for better pass protection in my mind. Somebody that can actually get up. And, and stop these big linemen that are going to be flying at Wilson. So. I mean, listen, there are some there are some undersized backs who are good at pass by. I mean, I mean listen, yeah. let's face it, Gio Bernard has, you know, carved a, a niche out for himself. 
because he knows how to pass block. And, you know, every time you see somebody line up to hit that dude, you're like in fear of his life. You know, it's like mm-hmm. watching your son play peewee football and you're like, yeah. oh, no. Like that's yeah. watching Geo. So, you know, I mean, this could kind of flip into into that similar of a situation. Yeah. So, all right. Well, let's – uh. I didn't know you were such a Gators fan, man. I why, does this does does it hurt you to not talk about Kyle Pitts during a well, even when you're talking about other divisions? <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Uh, it's uh, it was I was more of a Gators fan in my my younger years, and I've kind of fallen out of the the college game a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I still try to keep track of them when I can, I, and that's why I'm not a big Alabama fan. So suck at Saban. Um, suck it, save okay. hashtag. Suck it, save it. That's 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 uh, going up. It is. It is. Uh, it I'm here to surprise. Although so, I, I loved him in the Blind Side, he was so good, right? I yeah. mean, come on, he was Academy Award. Totally, absolutely. Oh my gosh! Um, <laughs> I, I don't even. I don't even. Nowhere to go here. You know where to go with that? All right. Well, let's yeah, see. We talk right. running backs. How about some wide receivers? Yeah. Let's, go, let's go to the receivers here. All right. So uh, there's like I'm, I'm 15, too busy thousand. tweeting out your suck at saving. All right. Well, you work <laughs> on that. It's I'll happening. Read, I'll read these names. And yeah, let me let me retweet while he's saying that. What do you got? Yeah, exactly. 100%. <laughs> uh, just like the running backs, there's, you know, not a lot of top tier guys here behind Stefan Diggs, who's wide receiver three. You got Will Fuller, Devontae Parker from Miami coming in at 35 and 42. Corey Davis right there, 43. Jalen Waddell at 51. Beasley, 53. Aguilar, who we mentioned, 56. Jamison Crowder, who's now decided to stay with the Jets, 61. And a bunch of other guys. So we got Mims. Gabe Davis, Manny Sanders, Elijah Moore, and then B-level guys. But their names, Jacoby Myers was was a name last year. Preston Williams has been a name for, what, two, three years now? Um, not very good one, but a name. Uh, Kendrick Bourne we talked about coming in at 97, and I had to go all the way to wide receiver 99 to get Nikhil Harry on this list. So, Remember how big of a dynasty grab he was in rookie drafts? Woo, baby. I mean, he was no Hakeem Butler, but yeah, (laughs) that is true. (laughs) I mean, or no Ryan Leaf, you know, fifteen years ago. Wow, man! But oh god, who was who was the guy uh, Washington got a few years ago? Doxson. Oh, Josh Doxson. Josh Doxson, man, thought he was gonna be awesome. I really did. As he got he got slammed by injuries, and then just like. Dude, everybody thought Corey Davis was going to be amazing, right? Yeah. Oh, did you see Corey Davis? This dude was amazing at Western Michigan. <laughs> okay, it's Western <laughs> Michigan. Who's Thank watching you. those games outside of Michigan? Dude, terrible. And maybe terrible. the team that's playing Western Michigan. Uh, when, listen, Corey Davis, like that, it was like the bane of my existence, right? Like everyone, because because the, the truthers, like you guys are on fantasy football Twitter, you know the yes. With the, with the, when the truthers jump in on somebody, it's it's nauseating. Like it's downright nauseating because they ignore everything that they've seen right now, and they still weigh it in on like what he did in college and you yeah. know what his potential is. But they're not looking at current situation or anything like that. And like you know, it was like Corey Davis is in a 
run first situation in Tennessee and, you know, and he's opposite a kid like AJ Brown or, you know, I can't remember who the, uh, who the top wideout was before him, before oh. Brown was there, but you were like, yeah, Corey Wasn't Davis, great. he's <laughs> never going to do anything. He's never going to blossom into, you know, what you think he, you know, what you, what you're hoping is. It's like betting the over because you hope for a high scoring game, right? That's Corey Davis right there for the truthers. And, you know, now he comes to the Jets and, you know, is he going to be the number one on there? I guess. All right. Um, I, I prefer that, you know, you, you you work more with Denzel Mims than you do Corey Davis because, you know, I just I, – I think that there's there's better there's – just I think there's better upside there. So, I mean, I just – I can't – I mean, out of, the, out of the wide receivers in this, uh, you know, in this division, I mean, to me right now, it's Diggs and then late-round darts on, like, Beasley – Gabe Davis, uh, Mims, uh, and and that's kind of it. And everybody's like thinking about Jamison Crowder, but I'm like, yeah, that was with Sam Darnold, and mm-hmm. that was with a different. That was with Gase's scheme and and his passing system. You know, Solly's offense is going to be different, and it's not going to, you know, focus on the slot receiver. You know, I'd almost have more confidence in drafting Chris Herndon. You know, as, as the tight end for them because of you know what Saleh saw with George Kittle and, and how that offense worked. So very limited wide receivers for me in this uh, in this division at all. Yeah, top to well, bottom, maybe like three guys. Yeah. So real quick, you, you've been you've been talking a lot about the Jets, and and so Corey Davis is a guy who kind of broke out a little bit last year. You know, of course, right beside AJ AJ Davis or AJ Brown. Sorry, um, like. Is there any hope that he can continue this in the Jets offense? Like, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, <laughs> they're going to have to listen. They're going to play from behind. There's always hope. Nonstop. They're going to play from behind. <laughs> All right. Let's throw that, that like, so you think there's a, so, you, so you're saying you there's, a there's a chance. <laughs> I mean, listen, he's going to see targets. It's going yeah. to happen at some point. Could he, could he end up with, you know, by the end of this season? You know, eight hundred and fifty to nine hundred yards and and five or six touchdowns. Yeah, probably. But you know, I mean, I just don't necessarily know if this Jets offense is going to really be able to produce a thousand yard receiver with eight to ten touchdowns. I just don't think they have it in them for that. No, I, I don't either. And then you you quickly brought up you know Crowder. Um, there's a lot of talk on Twitter, and I don't really even know really where it's coming from. I'm sure it's rumors from some beat writer somewhere Crowder might be on the way out. So like how much does that change? Like Elijah Moore, like there's talk that he could be in the slot. And then if he's in the slot, you don't like him because of the offense or is he like the other outside guy from Davis? I think because he spent so much time in the slot, I think that's kind of where they're going to utilize him. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they just came to an agreement with Crowder on a deal. Oh, yeah. that's right. They did. Yeah. So I totally forgot about I mean, that. He's going to be there. I mentioned him. I, I mentioned that. Sorry. I don't listen. To I you was with you. Don't worry. I know you were. At least somebody <laughs> listens to me. Well, my is, did my wife just walk in the room? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I yeah, literally really. just said, you know, I, even my wife. Not, no, she, she might be actually <laughs> listening. So hi, honey. I love you. I mean, I do. Th- I think, you know, if, if you're sitting there and you're looking for. 
a guy who's going to fill in for a bye week for you. Yeah, okay. I, I could see Corey Davis filling that spot, you know, like mm-hmm. if it's a good matchup. But, I mean, this is a guy who, you know, I'm probably only drafting in like a best ball. Or mm-hmm. if I do pick him up in a redraft league, he's probably like my my fifth, sixth, you know, fifth wide receiver. Yeah, I no, I don't, I'm not a big fan of Corey Davis. I, I know, you know, you mentioned the truth is out there. They're they're all over it, uh, and they oh, still are. Unbelievable, big body, fast receiver. But like, come on, man. Unless he was next to one of the best receivers in the game right now, he wasn't getting anything done. And that, you know, he broke out last year finally, and I was like, all right, fine. You finally made me look stupid. Thank you. Um, good luck. Why keep, do, keep it. Why going. do the truthers <laughs> always cling to shitty players? Like, I have no why, idea. Why they want this I have no idea. So bad. It's just they're the same ones who like berate female analysts too. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Like Corey Davis, the greatest wide receiver in a bit. This chick doesn't know what she's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna uh, DM her an eggplant emoji. See what she says. <laughs> Yikes! We'll move on. All right. So next team here, we talked about we talked about him a little bit earlier. And Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, look, last year I think we all kind of thought he'd you know kind of bounce back after the injury and be good. He unfortunately wasn't. Not always his fault though. I, I just don't think the quarterback throwing him the ball. Unfortunately, Drew Brees wasn't quite Drew Brees last year. So. Now that he's got Josh Allen throwing him the ball, what's your kind of take on on Sanders? Like I said, you know, I think he's more of like a he's a move the chains type of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, will he get the occasional touchdowns? Yes, but you know, if 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 it's you know what third and six, he's going to run a seven yard route. And they're going to hit him right. Like that's you know what what you're going to end up it. seeing a lot of him. You know, Stefan Diggs is the guy who drives the bus in this offense, you know, and that's just, I mean, we saw Diggs take that, you know, take his game to the next level as the featured wide receiver. Um, and, and he didn't disappoint. He was amazing last year. Yeah, He really was. And that's really, you know, I mean, that's once you've established that rapport with your QB, they're not going to part way. Like, I mean, they're not, he's not going to suddenly start looking for this other receiver um, you know, that they bring into the team, like, especially if it's, if it's like a, a lesser receiver, like, I'm not saying that, you know, it's not like, you know, Sanders was there and he and, uh, he and Josh Allen bonded and then they go and they bring in a ringer like Stefan Diggs or, you know what, like last year, everybody was like, John Brown. I love John Brown. I love John Brown. They bring in Diggs. Where's John Brown. He's nowhere to be found. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just, that's that. Um, but you're not going to replace Diggs by bringing in Emmanuel Sanders, and he's not going to lose targets. Like Julio is not going to take targets away from, you know, A.J. Brown in Tennessee. So I think that Sanders will be, you know, a decent guy. He'll probably get the second highest number of targets um, in this offense. He'll be good, but, again, he's not, you know, he's not going to be, you know, this oh my god i gotta target this guy so you're saying i should target him in scott fishbowl because i get points for first downs oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. there you cool. go whoa <laughs> maybe i should have given that secret yeah, away because one of my one of my league mates is on, is listening <laughs> <laughs> 
forget See, I a, said it. Forget I said it. Mine are all like hiding out in the corner, like listening to their like last fish show and like so high they don't know. Yeah, you're, you're also in like the most stacked league ever. Um, so yeah, you, they don't need to listen to us. Um, <laughs> all right, AJ, all right. last question so, for receivers. Let's do last this. Last receiver question we got here. Um, you know, it seems like Miami, my army, uh, Miami already had a stockpile of familiar faces down there with Parker Williams, uh, you know, even Lynn Bowden Jr. Wilson. Um, now they've got some some new talent that I mentioned earlier with uh, uh, Waddle and Fuller. So obviously, there's a, a lot of mouths to feed down there. I mean, with Tua basically not succeeding. Who do you think will end up as Miami's top three by the end of this season? Well, I mean, I think it'll end up being Devontae Parker, Will Fuller, and Jalen Waddle. I mean, you got to figure that the familiarity with Waddle is going to help Tua a little bit, make him feel comfortable. Um, I mean, that's one of the you know primary reasons that they brought him in. You know, it was like you know Joe Burrow sitting there like a you know Isla Fischler and and Wedding Crashers trying to get you know. Yeah. Holding her breath and stomping her feet. That was that was Joe Burrow trying to get Jay, you know Jamar Chase drafted in in there. And I, I think that that you know rang a little true with Miami, saying, "Well, let's make him a little bit more comfortable. You know, let's bring in a familiar face like Waddle. He'll be able to like they'll be able to bond with each other and you know hang out and he'll you know just kind of keep them more at ease." But, I mean, I think that, you know, you didn't bring in Will Fuller to not have him be a featured, mm-hmm. you know, part of your passing game. And he definitely stretches the field beautifully. And then you've got right in between Waddle and um, and Fuller, you know, Waddle being, you know, probably, you know, working out of the slot a lot more and, you know, being that, like, safety, you know, safety cushion for him. And then you got Devontae Parker in the middle there where he can stretch the field. But he can also, you know, run like those underneath slants that need to be done as well. So, I mean, I think those are the top three in this one here. I think Preston Williams, I mean, it's a shame. I, I like the talent on him uh, over the years. But, I mean, health is one thing. And then I just think that, you know, they've they've set what their top three is and, and it doesn't include him. Yeah, uh, I mean – we can just jump into the next question here because it's yet another mouth to feed uh, with the tight end position. And that's Mike oh. Gusecki. Um, he is the tight end 11 uh, Rip through these real quick. We talked uh, John U and Hunter Henry are right there. 15, 16 Buffalo's Dawson Knox is tight end 28. Who cares? And Chris Herndon <laughs> tight end 30 sleeper, as we already mentioned. Um, so, with all that being said about the receivers, are, are you buying Gasecki at all in 21, hoping that maybe this breakout's actually going to happen? Because uh, both Joe and I were, you know, the Gasecki truthers last year, and uh, that fell horribly wrong. Wow. I, listen, I was in on him, too. It, like, yeah. it had all the earmarks. I guess uh, when, when, when his video went viral of him in the backyard throwing the ball over his house and then catching it, Right when that video broke, I think that kind of ruined Gasicki. You know, it yeah. was like jinxed him. Um, like but those no, old I mean, Reebok this, commercials, man. Right, yeah. we were. We, I was. I was in on him too. Um, and I and I like him a lot. 
But, yeah, you're right. Too many mouths to feed right now where, I mean, you're at the point where you're like, you know what, let me just let somebody else overdraft him. I won't be upset with Gesicki if he falls a little further than what his current ADP is. I, you know, listen, if I'm waiting on the tight end position, there are worse guys to get than him. But, he's yeah, he's, he's, he's a guy you're settling for right now. I think he can kind of plateau. You know, I don't think it's going to get any better for him because of the way that they have, you know, their receiving core set up. But I think that he can be still an active part of the passing game. Okay. Yeah, I my my th- I'm not as high on Gasek as I was last year, not because of what he did last year. Like surprisingly, he actually finished pretty well as far as tight ends go. Mm-hmm. You know, like overall wise. But like, if you didn't have those top three or four, it was just kind of like, it didn't really matter. Um, as far as Kiseki, like just because they brought in all these other weapons, I think that hurts him. The only thing that might go in his favor is, you know, he's had the, at least the few games with Tua throwing him the ball. Um, I, I just, he's not somebody I'm targeting this year unless I've just missed on a whole bunch of other guys. I've seen him fall. Like, they have him at tight ends 11. <laughs> yeah. Unless I miss on Kelsey. Then if I'm I miss on Kelsey, Kittle, or Waller, then I'll consider Mike Gusecki. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it, Gusecki's is one of those guys, like, I've actually seen him fall way farther than tight end 11. And so at that point, I was kind of like, like, I took him in a best ball league at, like, tight end 16. And I'm like, well, fine. Okay. And you almost feel obligated. <laughs> I was just yeah. kind of like, yeah, I mean, sure. Why not, man? Uh, you know, my, my first one was, was Waller, and then Gusecki just kept falling. And I'm like, well, yeah, sure. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll do it now. That was pretty much it. So uh, the next the head next end group we're going to talk about here is the New England guys. And, and we talked about it earlier. You know, uh, Janu and Hunter Henry both signing, which was like a huge surprise. Um how do we see this working in New England? Like, is this the second coming of, you know, the, the tight end duo they had a few years ago, not to mention names. Cause I don't want to mention one of them. Uh, <laughs> but, or, you know, is, are they just going to like kind of kill each other's value? Snoop Dogg playing in the background. Ooh, is Snoop playing in the background? <laughs> a little murder was a case. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! Um, I you know, listen. I mean, you're, you're never gonna have. I mean, they can try to recapture that magic. Um, I think Hunter Henry might have the uh, the edge in pass catching, only because mm-hmm. I think Johnu Smith is a better blocker. You know, yeah, and I think, I think that that's, that. I think that's going to. I mean, they'll they'll still they'll, they'll still have him release, and he'll you know he'll get the work. But again, like that's the thing. Who's gonna have you know? If you're thinking about the, the the targets pecking order in New England, you've got Aguilar, you've got Bourne, you've got uh, John o. Smith, and you've got Hunter Henry, right? I mean, that's Nikhil White. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot Nikhil Hare. I forgot Hakeem Butler. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so, I mean, that's really kind of where it's at. I think both guys will get work. I think that it's, um, you know – I'd love to grab them both in a best ball. Like, you know, if I'm picking mm-hmm. on the wheel and it's like, you know, all the way down in like round like 13 or 14 and I haven't taken, you know, a tight end and I can just double up that pick and do Henry and John new. 
um, I'd feel okay with it there. Again, you just don't know where the targets are going to go. You can kind of guesstimate based on who's the better blocker, who's the bigger target. Um, but overall, I mean, again, you'll zig and Belichick will zag. Yeah, it, it's yeah, it's it's still tough. I mean, who knows? Maybe the offense will just be geared toward two tight ends again. Because um, be as nice. we mentioned, the receivers really aren't much to really care about. So it could be there, but again, you're looking at Cam Newton, and do you want to rely on anybody catching the ball from Cam Newton? You know, consistently, not really. <laughs> Just the end zone. That's it. Just in the end zone. But he's going to poach those touchdowns. I was anyway. going to say, yeah, he's a like, no, that's what he's saying. He, the end zone will be catching him as he goes with his. Oh, oh I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. And uh, Scott, Scott's telling you, uh, good luck in your. Uh, in, in your Scott Fishbowl League, we've been having a talk on Periscope about your league. And uh, he was like, yeah, my league's stacked. And then I was like, yeah, look at Howard's. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, pretty pretty rough there. But uh, the irony of a bunch of dirty hippie fish fans being like, you know, the stacked fantasy league here, which is kind of funny because I actually, um, I ended up doing, back in 1999, uh, Fish had a festival in August in Oswego, New York. And uh, and my whole crew, who I played fantasy with, we all went up for it, you know, rented the, the ginormous RV and whatever. And then so before the, the shows, we ran uh, a draft, like a three-day draft during the festival. Oh, so in nice. the morning, during the day, we would draft a bunch of rounds. Then we'd go to the shows at night and have fun. And um, the next two days, we ended up doing that. So. That's you know, awesome. <laughs> they kind of go, they go hand in hand now for me. <laughs> that's pretty awesome, man. Well, yeah, um, speaking of, of Oswego and hippies, uh, I've got the Ithaca Beer Company's uh, Flower Power here as, as my, my third choice. Uh, the second one, which I cracked open, is uh, uh, Choicest Nugs by Black Flag Brewing. And it's no, uh, it's they've got a lot of those nugs ones. Citra, those are pretty funny names. Citra mosaic and galaxy hops. Yeah, I mean it's uh, the, the guy who brewed heavy. that. The guy who brewed that. What do you think his dreads smell like? <laughs> What's in this beer? Probably. I mean, I'm sure he was just <laughs> right. getting he, like, that, that extra. Let like, me let me do some dry hopping with my dread yeah. hops. Dread dread hops. So dread so hops. Scott's asking you. He wants to know. Uh, what do you think about Drew Davenport, Dalton Del Don, and Scott Pianowski? That's his league. That's pretty good. Oh, that is pretty good. That is pretty good. That is yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Two Yahoo guys. Right? Yeah. It's, t- it's weird that you see guys, you know, especially like the, the high end analyst guys like that. And, 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 you know, you like, you wouldn't be in the same league as a fan, fan, fan another fantasy alarm guy most, most typically. But, uh, it's weird to have like two of the top guys like hit each other at the same in the same league. So that's interesting. Well, you know what I do? Uh, you know, NL labor with uh, with Dalton. So if Scott needs some tips on uh, how to get how how to get to Dalton, get under his skin a little bit, get into his yeah. mind, I can help you. Pianowski, he's a machine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those guys are good, man. All right. Um, so that's it for the show. I want to uh, thank you for coming on. And uh, but before you go, you know, let everybody know what you guys got going on over there. At Fantasy Alarm. I know you talked about a redesign and stuff like that. So uh, let, let them know what you got. We did. We launched a uh, a brand new uh, brand new look into our site. We uh, we basically what we tried to do 
uh, was making it a little easier for people and, and because we have so much content from DFS content, season-long content, wagering content, that we split it up into fantasy alarm, DFS alarm, and wager alarm. Oh, and I like are, it. I'm looking at it now. Yeah, it's good. People are starting to get used to it. <laughs> you just guys got to remember that the, the links across the top you know, red fantasy alarm, green yep. wager alarm, blue DFS alarm. Those are clickable, and those will take you to the sites. Those will take you to where you uh, where you need to be. So we yeah. did that. We also just launched the uh, the start of the NFL Living Draft Guide. Um, I did mm-hmm. my rookies and my sleeper picks. Um, Joey Cardellano, who joined the staff this year, he's got his um, uh, his rookie analysis in there. Um, league strategies, everything you could possibly want. Uh, over there if i could do a shameless plug fantasyalarm.com slash draft now uh, and then use the promo code draft now for 20 percent off and for less Absolutely, than 16 dollars, you get yourself uh incredible draft I, it really is i'm proud i'm very proud of it so a lot of work went into it it's uh again you're gonna see articles and content trickle out steadily including yep. This Friday, when uh, Andrew Cooper at Coop Coop A Fiasco, if you guys have ever read his mm-hmm. uh, his work, it's absolutely insane, is dropping the article called "Winning the Scott Fishbowl" this Friday. Nice. Ooh, so, we have tons of Scott Fishbowl Scott people watching. Coop, that was yeah. a good. That was a good shameless plug there. <laughs> he got that one. I'm not a marketing. You might. Genius, you might know yeah. what you're doing. I, uh, <laughs> I mean, you have to respect Coop's analysis, right? Absolutely. So, Hey, that's yeah, what he's, he's talking about for sure. He's awesome. He, uh, I still am in the the SFBX uh, Scott Fishbowl Ten chat on Twitter, and he's still like throwing stuff out all the time. I mean that that thing's been going for over a year now, and it's just a great group in there that's still chatting. So uh, I, I keep up with it. I, I don't really comment too much, but um, I just I love seeing the articles come through and. Yeah, Coop's Coop's a, a knowledgeable yeah. Coop's dude. got some great stuff. So I mean, that's that's what you got. So that's what's happening over there. You guys can always catch me on the Fantasy Alarm Show on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio uh, Monday through Friday, six to eight PM Eastern. Uh, if you're fantasy baseball in it, still I'm writing for the New York Post. I'll be doing some fantasy football content over there as well. That's uh, just not in season yet for them, but uh, that's where you can find me. And uh, yeah. Oh, the Annie Up podcast. How about that? Me and Adam Ronis. That's oh, always fun. fun. Dropping dropping F bombs, yelling at each other all the time. <laughs> where where's that gonna where where's that at? Yeah. Um, you know what? It just got picked up by uh by uh the Sirius XM app. Oh, okay. Hey. Picture, it's yeah, on man. Spotify, Fancy, it's on iTunes. XM app. I like it. There you go. I, so I, I I do listen to some of their podcasts. So that's good. I'll catch you on there for sure. Because unfortunately, I don't have a morning commute anymore, or or an, or an afternoon commute anymore. So I don't get to hear you every day. Um, I get the app. I I do, but like my kids are here, and it's I just it's just too oh. much. <laughs> Teach them young, get... Joe. Teach them young. <laughs> <laughs> they hate sports for some weird reasons right now. Probably, Probably because, because I do too much of so it. Much. Yeah, it's because <laughs> yeah, I do too yeah. much of it. Joe, you know, you'll want to watch uh, the the Friday night's up uh, episode of uh, Getting Buzzed. It's uh, my top ten list uh, that that's on the show. There, I'll just you know top ten ways to mind murder somebody. Right? <laughs> oh, nice. Like you know, you just get there, there's you just sure. get to a point where you meet somebody and you're just like wow. Really, and you start thinking of ways that you would kill this person. 
Yeah. Hmm. I, I, I need to listen to that. Check out that top 10 list. That'll be dropping <laughs> Friday night. Sounds good, man. All right. Well, again, appreciate you coming on. It's a good time as always. I have a laugh, lots of laughs. So uh, we'll have to do it again soon. Thanks so much, guys, man. Definitely a pleasure being back with you here. Hi. Right. Thanks, Howard. See you, man. All righty. Um, so, yeah, that's all I got for the show. Next week, we are, just to make sure I'm right, because I know we're mixing in not just the previews in a row here, so I want to double-check. Yeah, so next week is AFC North with none other than Sam Holt, huge Steelers fan, so uh, that'll be fun to talk about there. And then, um, yeah, that one's going to be on the 24th, so that one is back on Thursday. Uh, I will be back from vacation, hopefully <laughs> well ahead of time, but I, I should be. Not too far away. So we'll be good there. Anyway, uh, that's all I got tonight, man. You got anything to add before we close it out? No, good show, great guests, good times. Cheers, cheers, man. Oh, See ya. and the Sixers blow. Sorry, that that that's what I will add in. They're, they're again <laughs> okay. blowing a twenty some odd point lead, Ooh. and this time right at the end of the game. Um, so good job. Is Embiid healthy? I I've barely been paying attention. Yeah, Embiid and Curry are the only two people that have scored in the second half. Basically, oh, that, that that's fantastic. Yeah, that that's a good recipe. It's, uh, there's there's <laughs> uh, I think 10, 10 seconds or eighteen seconds left. That's one of and they're gone. 10.2 seconds left. 104, 107, uh, Atlanta. Oh, fun. All right. <laughs> Great. Well, see y'all later next week. Peace. Cheers.